What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. Yo, shout out to my family, to the Crazy Hood Productions crew, Drink Champs crew. Yato Sabe, I'm doing this for Day County 305 Miami in the building. Let's go. So we going. And we gone. So that was that was a quick clip from the 2022 BET Hip Hop Awards where Drink Champs took home Hip Hop Platform of the Year. Yeah. We did it, guys. We did it. That's a big, it's a big look, E. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So so first and foremost, congratulations to you and Nori and the whole team, because it's a it's a big team effort. effort. Yeah. Sure. Um but and it was a beautiful night. Like I know we're gonna probably get into it a little bit more now. Just coming right off of all the all the actually, there, there is a lot of, of behind the scenes getting there and all that that involves family and all that. Yeah, so that's that's where I wanted to take it. I wanted to start there because even as you approach the stage and the first first words that you uttered were "shout out to my family," and knowing you and having our background conversations, we know how how difficult it is for you to be away from your family, how, how much that weighs on you and how strategic you are about any moment you're away from them. Like you're really calculated about what opportunities you take and how you plan and all that kind of stuff. What was going through your mind as you like were in that moment and, and how did that like translate to like family life? Cause like you said, there's a bunch of what's going on that had to do with family as well. Like take us through it a little bit. Well, I mean, for me, in in this point of my life, pretty much everything I do, I'm doing it with how, like the idea of how this affects my family. You know, everything, everything I do. Um, and then being there, you know, traveling to Atlanta and, and being at the awards, you know, it's like whenever I take myself away from my family, it has to be well worth it because everything I do is for my family. So that is, you know, the first thing that I'm going to mention is my family because, you know, shout out to them because they are now my driving force to what mm. I do. I don't know if that explains it properly. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, Great. But, um, but, it, but leading up to that moment, <clears throat> it was wild because uh, the hurricane was coming to Florida. Mm. Uh, we, we, we pre-recorded the, the awards on, on Friday of last week. So mm-hmm. I don't, when this comes out, it'll be two weeks from now. Um, so the, the hurricane was coming through. It was supposed to hit us on, well, it hit us on Thursday. We didn't know what level of impact it was going to have on us. So, so, you know, leading up to the planning of even going to the awards and going to Atlanta, I, there's a hurricane coming that could affect, you know, my family, my home, whatever. And, you know, you got to make decisions, but luckily it, 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 we saw pretty quickly it was gonna it wasn't gonna hit us directly 
so then it became a whole thing of whether I was going to be able to leave or not because of the weather and all that. But so you just you just have all this stress and it's all really just making sure the family's safe. And, you know, you're, you're, you're in one mind state, you know, on like an emergency mode. And, you know, the, the kids aren't in school. They, they miss school because of the early storms that were coming in that we were getting those those bands. Yeah. Those, uh, feeder bands from the hurricane like a day before. And they were pretty bad. Like, actually, we got pretty bad weather 24 hours before the storm hit Florida because of how big it was in those feeder bands. Mm. Um, and we got some minor damage in our backyard because of it. But uh, so you come, you go into that mind state and then you got to like switch, you know, and you got to hop on a plane. And like, even every time I hop on, I don't know if this is the same for you guys. Every time I hop on a plane, I'm just saying to myself, you know, like I'm putting my, my life at risk in flight. And yeah. I care not about my life necessarily. It's if something were to happen to me, the impact on my kids, on my family. Right. So, you know, and then you go and then you go to the awards and then, you know, and hip hop, unfortunately, has been pretty violent lately. Yeah. There's been a lot of violence that's happened. I mean, it's happening in society at large, not just hip hop, but it's targeting, you know, hip hop artists and stuff like that. So you worry about, you know, what's security like at this event? Man, the security was phenomenal. It was actually a little over outrageous to an extent, but I'd rather it be a little bit overly done than under, you know, like they did had, you, did you enjoy the cavity search or was it a little uncomfortable? Dude, they had the, the dogs. Oh, so we're just going to ignore it. Dogs <laughs> sniffing cars, lines of cars before you could even get in the area of the venue. Damn. Okay. Obama. And it, and, Obama and, the and it didn't matter who you were because, you know, my car pulled up and I'm, I was working the event. I was a part of the event and they were like, we don't give a damn who you are. You got to get in the back of that line and it's each car is going to get searched by these dogs. Mm. And then you get in there and then they had, you know, security on this premise, go through metal detectors at a couple points. So the security was perfect. But again, all these things are like, you're just saying to yourself, am I putting myself out there and is it worth it for my family? Like, what am I, what, what, what I am doing here? Is it, is it going to benefit my family in the long run? Everything went well. Everything was great. Shout out to the BET production staff and, and everybody involved. It was a great event. Um, we were there, I was there all day. I was doing rehearsals. I was there from 11 in the morning till like 9.30 at night. Damn. Yeah, because we did rehearsals all day. And then you couldn't leave because the security was so crazy. To, to leave would have been ridiculous. Mm. So you just stay there. And then, you know, then the show, when it starts, they like tape through all the way. They kind of tape it as if it was live. Got it. And um, and then once my parts were over that they I wasn't needed, I left the venue. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you were you chilling in the audience at all at any point? Uh, chilled when before our uh, our nomination came up because they wanted the camera view of us sitting there, and we got you know and to show us our reaction whether we won or lost, and then if we won, we walk up from there. But then right when we won escorted backstage we're in the dressing room and then we were brought back on stage we did these two skits that they kind of they made like a drink champs table which i think was super dope yeah you know it's free promo for drink champs you know i we had a really great look overall at the awards you know i was surprised they they put my my face and my name in the in the intro reel with a horrible picture but hey whatever that's <laughs> on them they couldn't they couldn't pick a better picture of me but cool whatever at least i was included um that was unexpected you know the nomination and then we did these two skits one before yo Gotti's camp performed and one before Pusha T 
and the clips performed, which was dope. Mm. I still haven't caught the the replay. I gotta go watch it. So how was it? How was it doing a drink champ skit? It was Fat Joe, right? Fat Joe was the mock guest. I'm dying back here. Don't die. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Let, let the coffee go. It, it sip a little water. You feel good? Because I asked you a question, so I, either you didn't hear me or you're just taking a break. <laughs> I think he said he's dying. <laughs> he's really going through it right now. <laughs> well, in the meantime. All right. Well, actually, let's let's segue. We'll come back to E when he's uh, can talk. <laughs> and I'm back. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was trying to say that I, my kids were sick, so yeah. that added to the equation. I feel like it would be more sick. shocking if you said your kids weren't sick. The amount of times your kids are sick. It's true. Yeah, you're, in the, you're in that little kid sick zone right now. Yeah. yeah. So what were you asking me, Manny? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> what were you asking me? Just real quick. I just want to know, like. Real the, quick, bro. The skit was you guys were interviewing, like a mock interview, Drink Champ style. Fat Joe was the guest. Yeah, that was the, the the what it was supposed to look like. Actually, they edited it down. <clears throat> I had more of a of a talking piece with Joe for the first one. Questioning really, his Cubanism? No, because we rehearsed uh, it and they cut that down. Um, but yeah, okay. that's what it was. For, and right. it was cool though. They had the the logo behind us. They had the table. They even made candles <clears throat> with Fat Joe as the saint. Oh shit! Oh. Damn, they really went all out. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it was cool, man. Nice. All right, well. And and then just I can't complain, man. Like people showed us love there, uh from you know, artists from our generation to young artists to the production people to the security and the venue. Like, like I felt like I really felt like damn, you know, people were telling me you won before we won. I was like, nah, you know, you know, shout out million dollars with the game. I saw them. I was like, man, you know, they could easily win it. Yeah. People were like, nah, y'all got this. So it was it was really cool. It was a cool experience, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's dope. It was March 2015 the podcast started? Uh, March 15th, 2016. 2016. 2016. Yeah, we're six years in. Okay. Wow. That's dope. All right. Sorry. Let's let's flip the script a little bit. Kay, you, you had something, I think, on your mind. Uh, I wanted to bring back up that uh, that audio message you sent through the chat last week about uh your daughter and her shoes oh where, 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 where you strike again with like uh canceling vacations and shit like that oh you canceled another one another. All right, it was similar in nature i even forgot about it all right let me take you through it quickly so my daughter orders a new pair of basketball kicks because she's a basketball player and she needed a new pair of kicks so they arrive at the house we we have a, you know stairs that lead up into our bedrooms and so i i'm like the fucking cycle here in my house where i'm like yo keep the stairs clear because any given moment somebody's going up or down and you can hurt yourself right. so let's keep them clear and so i have a rule like if whatever you put on the stairs to take upstairs you don't do by the time everybody goes to bed i'm throwing in the garbage everybody's clear on it everybody knows so my daughter leaves her new kicks on the stairs and the next morning I see him and I'm like, do I throw them out? <laughs> so I just, I tucked them away somewhere and she's, she comes home from school hours later and she's like looking for her kicks all over the house. She finally comes to me. She's like, dad, 
where'd you put my sneakers? And I'm like, I oh, know they gone. Mm-hmm. I reason man came and got them earlier because I told you like it's garbage time when when you don't you know pick up after yourself. And then she looks at me like destroyed, like devastated. <laughs> she starts to walk away, and I'm like, oh these these sneakers, and I pull them out of wherever I had it. But she's like, yo, I looked everywhere. How the hell did you find them so fast? And I'm like, yo, look, just don't do it no more. And she was like, I got it. Like she was like, it will never happen again. But I definitely tormented the shit. Like, if you saw her face, you would have probably been like, yo, Manny, that was too far. Because she looked like she was, her world just ended. And they were, you know, they weren't cheap. And this was out of her own money. So that, that really, like, turned the knife in, in her. How long do you think it, she, I mean, she was probably relieved, but how long do you think it took for her to not be mad at you <laughs> after that? That's a good question. So I, I checked in with her, like, 15 minutes later. Yeah. To, to get a read on how she was feeling. And either she was very good at lying, which she's not. She usually wears her emotions on her sleeve. Um, but she felt she seemed back to her normal self. I, I but I thought about it because I was like, yo, I'd be crazy heated if it was me in her shoes. But yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a an extra kind of parent. I mean, do you think there'll come a time where at a certain age you can't pull those kind of things on once because it's just going to make her like you guys might have even a, a bigger rift because she might hold on to that kind of, whereas when they're younger, it seems like that stuff kind of could roll off easier, but it's, it's a great question. And I think I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I'm very close to the edge of where I can, where I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Cause there's little things now that I'll do that I I've done historically that, you know, to annoy them or to like mess with them. And with her, her outbursts sometimes are warranted and I got to fall back and be like, ah, that went too far. And then I got to scale it all back. So I, I think we're getting there. Well, it's, it's kind of a rude awakening too. Cause you get into your mode, right? You always think your kids are small, right? even though they're growing up so fast in front of you. So you got to pivot in how you, joke with them or the you know the kinds of ways you engage with them because it's not going to be it's not going to hit the same and at some point you're going to strike a nerve and then you got to eat that shit because you're kind of in the wrong what do you think the pivot would be for something like so if if that's kind of like the, take the shoes for example is it more of just matter of fact like hey next time you do this i mean i don't know it's weird like how do you pivot when you're so used to doing disciplining yeah, I, a certain way I think for me and our relationship with my eldest daughter, it's got to be more around just reminder and leave it at that. Not consequences, not threats, just like, yo, how many times we've been through? I might, I might hit her with a little like, yo, you're not, you're not six years old no more. And that's the extent to which I could think I can do it because now she's, she's grown. Like she teetering on adulthood, especially like, how she moves, her responsibilities, the way she conducts herself. So I have to, I have to level up as well and kind of give her that freedom. Still trying to keep the, the sort of routines that we expect in our household, but not really sweat her the way I could sweat my younger, younger two. You just reminded me of something that I wanted to read to you guys. Let's see if you don't, if you guys don't mind. Of course. Not that. It's a good album. Thanks. Um, so 
you saying that reminds me of like my daughter. Like I've I've recently, um, you know, when they're little, you're you're watching them twenty four seven. They gotta be within eyes distance, uh, definitely ears distance. Um, but we have a two story home, and I would normally never let her go. You know, be upstairs or downstairs by herself. And over the past maybe few weeks she has this whole thing where she wants to like get stuff from her room you know and um usually i wouldn't let her go upstairs by herself i'm I'm also that paranoid parent that thinks that the worst is going to happen when they're going up the stairs yeah <laughs> they're gonna fall slip break their head whatever um so now i like i feel like you know i'm telling myself i got to give her a little bit of freedom and you know and trust her a little bit and yeah she goes upstairs now and she'll be up there for a little bit. And and I just, to me, it's new. It's something new. It seems like something simple, but to me, it's something new. While I look for this, you guys talking while I cough my brains out over here. <laughs> well, you can hear us, right? Because <laughs> uh, I, I have I have similar, and probably you do too, Kay. I mean, there's certain things that you're just not comfortable allowing your kid to like jump up and do, even though for a normal, you know, regular or older person, it's not a big deal. Uh, like, like what? What do you mean? Like uh, I mean, like I don't know. For instance, uh, all right. Here's an example. Like we in my house, we have a, a basketball hoop outside of the garage, right? And so, and there's a hill that you got to kind of come up to. In, that's my driveway to get right. to the, right. And so, I'm not all the way comfortable with my younger, my youngest being out at the basketball hoop by herself. Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Right. Where my nine-year-old, more comfortable. My teenager, very comfortable. And so it's not that big a deal. But then when you start to think like, all right, yo, somebody could roll up, snatch snatch the six-year-old and be gone mm-hmm. before she could even realize what's going on. Nine-year-old, maybe a little more difficult. Teenager, a little more difficult. But you don't, there's, there's a balance. You kind of have to like put situations in play where you can extend some of that trust while still having some peace of mind and figuring out the way, the best way to do that. And it's that's called a, it's called a tracking device, which is what I'm using right now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Oh yeah. I bought wait. those for Disney. <laughs> wait, 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 tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, so, and this is all kind of new because of the move and everything like where we live now, it's a little more, suburb there's not so many people there's neighbors around and stuff but there's more room to spread out and move around and trying to give them a little bit more independence because previously you know we were we were on on a block there's a lot of people around there's a lot of sketchy people roaming around like i just couldn't he couldn't go outside on his own there always had to be someone checking you know with him at all times so um yeah we got him we got him a watch uh that that you can basically it's a gps watch he can we we set like who he can like we we maintain it so our numbers and a couple other trusted numbers are in there so he can text and call that kind of thing but it's also got gps and you can do live tracking on it so you know he's been starting to learn the neighborhood a little bit i'm letting him go off on his bike and ride around which is something we'd never do previously but I put the live tracking on and I can see exactly, you know, where he's going and, and at least 
have an idea of what he's doing, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to let him have a little more freedom, but because we can based on right. you feel where more we are. Yeah. 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 Is that the gizmo watch? It's like that. It's like the T-Mobile version of it. Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle, man. Cause like, yo, like we, we move to better areas as adults to have the ability to give our kids more freedom. Yep. Right. More safety, more peace of mind. But we can't get, I'm speaking for myself, and I feel like we agree. We can't get those like concerns dealt with enough because the real world is so, is evolving so fast and so many things are happening. Like it's hard to just be like, yo, let me let it go. Plus, the serial killers live in the. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Serial killers are our neighbors, right? Right. But, um, like, you oh, remember, sorry. like, kids riding bikes and yeah. all that kind of stuff. The old days are never coming back. And the old days probably weren't safe. Exactly. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Exactly. You just turned a blind eye to it, a lot right. of people, because it was like, yo, what else? I got to go to work. I, I gotta the crap I was doing out there with that freedom was wild when yeah. I think back on it. And I wouldn't want my kids doing that. No, I, mean, I, saw, I, the, I saw the police man, records. Shit was crazy for you. I mean, I can even remember walking back from, like, elementary school and and... I would use when I pass cars, I'd use the car window reflection to see who's behind me kind of thing. Oh, I remember were, that. Yep. And and there were times where I'd feel like, all right, there's someone following me, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And you get freaked out, yeah. but you just knew, all right, let me speed it up and <laughs> get, get out of here. But let me read this to you guys. So my daughter um, with this goes kind of along the lines of this whole freedom conversation, but my daughter's also, she's been, you know, acting out more, um, having some behavioral issues um, that we're just like having problems figuring out. Like she's just demanding and doesn't want to listen and saying no to things. And, you know, you as a parent, you just want to like whip them into shape. And so my girl sent me this this thing she saw on IG, which makes sense to me to a degree. And I just want to get your take on it. So it's a slide and it says the first slide says, I really hope your kids are triggering you. The next slide says, I hope that sometimes they push back, defy your wishes, and do what they want to do rather than what you want them to do. Then it says, want to know why? Because it tells me that you're not raising fearful, obedient robots. It tells me your kid feels safe and confident enough with you to be assertive and authentic and that they are comfortable with pushing back against the status quo and willing to follow their impulse. I know those challenging moments are hard, but be careful not to extinguish that fire fully. It will be the same fire that gets them out of an unsafe relationship, the same fire that helps them leave a toxic job or boss. And while their defiance and adamance are triggering now those qualities might be life-changing later uh want to raise assertive kids who feel connected to you while maintaining your own scent whatever and then it's, it's like a doctor promoting a doctor's book mm-hmm. or something. i agree i, 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 I agree i agree with that to an extent i think the the one thing that um i think that it, what it's missing is that i think there can be times where it's is your kid being defiant with you, the parent, but then they're not with other people. 
Is it, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's almost like this is something we're working on with my son is like, he's tenacious as shit with us and he'll push and push and push. Um, not disrespectful, but he'll just keep going until, you know, he's trying to get, get the result that he wants, which I like can be tiring as shit, Uh. (laughs) you know? Right. But but then I notice, you know, when we're able to observe how he is with other folks or or friends or that, you know, that that tenacity or that that kind of defiance sometimes goes out the window. And so Which you you want to see it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're trying to tell him is like, look, you know, because sometimes we'll just get uh, enough is enough. And it's like, look, man, like, you know, this is wearing thin with us right now. It's like flip that, take exactly what you're doing, but you need to do it with such and such or, you know, whoever, like we're the ones who are here to, to help support you and, and give you guidance and be in your corner. You know, don't, don't push us away by doing all this other stuff. Do it, you know, do it to some of these other folks. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Keep that same energy, son. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the, I think that's been our challenge is like, he's got it in him for sure. Um, but how do you, how do you transfer that so that they do it to the folks that it's going to matter more with? Yo, it is my biggest struggle. And the thing that I, I can't say I'm always aware of it because my emotions get in the way sometimes when I'm like, I have the same issue with my son. My son is super intelligent, (laughs) opinionated, can debate his ass off and is always fighting for his way on whatever the situation is. And, and I love that about him generally, but he has a knack for not taking sage or logical advice on a particular thing that he's pushing for. He mm-hmm. goes above and beyond and twists things to end up looking like what like what he's saying is the right way or the best way or what have you. And so that little twisting of things is where it kind of drives me insane. And my approach historically has been like almost like attack. Like like if I'm talking to one of y'all, like a you know, somebody more more close to my age, like I, I'm gonna approach the conversation with y'all a little bit more aggressively than I would with a child. But I find myself moving in that aggressive way with when it when it, it turns to bullshit, basically. And I'm trying to explain to him, like, yo, you just you just went down bullshit lane. Like that's not gonna stand. And here's why. And and we go get into this argument. And I look crazy, an old man with a little kid, <laughs> like debating some dumb shit at the end of the day. And so I'm always trying to like, yo, you're you're fucking it up because you're you're dousing the flame that he has inside of him that this could be useful in the future right. and I'm struggling with how do I manage that so that it doesn't always come up as bullshit so so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a really like I, I think that's incredibly valuable advice it's just so hard to execute so you almost gotta like pick one thing the, the the issue that I have with that advice or just in general, that sentiment is that my fear and my anger when it comes to my daughter disobeying or saying no or not doing what we're telling her to do is that, and I try to convey this to her, I'm doing this because I'm I'm worried about your safety. And 
maybe right now what you're saying no to or what you're or if you're not listening to me right this moment might not have to do with safety but it angers me because and i I use this example and i think for a four-year-old she's just not getting it i'm like i need to know that if you're in the playing in the street and i see a car coming and i tell you come here now that you immediately react because i'm doing that out of for your safety and for you to not listen to me in this moment that hasn't your, your safety is not at risk in this moment, but it's telling me that you're not going to listen to me in that moment. Mm. And that's what I'm fearful of. Yeah. The listening is key. It's less. Sometimes it's, it's less of the arguing or the defiance or whatever. It's more of like, can, can you listen, especially when the time is of essence, when you need to listen. Right. Like you don't have to be happy about it. You could even bitch and moan about it as you walk to me or do what I tell you to do, but do it and do it in that moment. Cause that's, that's really my concern, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's wild. It's, it's difficult. It's hard shit, bro. <clears throat> my um, daughter's she's on one. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I got a question for you guys. Do you, do, do either of you like in the neighborhoods you live in, do you, do your kids know any of the neighborhood kids? Do you have interaction with with neighbor neighborhood kids at all? I'll make mine swift because I'm sure Manny had does barbecues with everybody. Um, we know my daughter met one uh, family with their kids, and they don't really play. They don't really hang out. They've maybe played once in the whole time we've been there. But she whines all the God forbid. We have to, we're going to leave the house or we're going to do something. And those kids are outside down the block. We're like trying to hide her from seeing them because she wants to play with them. She'll be like, she knows their names. Like she doesn't really know these people. Right. But she remembers the kid's name and she'll be like, can we go to so-and-so's house? I want to play with her. Let's drive by her house and see if she's outside. And I'm like, oh, you don't even know this person. What are you talking about? But so that's the extent of our interaction with our neighbors. Yeah. Ours, ours is more based around school. Because okay. they take the bus together, so okay. that's how they kind of know each other and, and vibe off each other. But they don't necessarily hang out here. Our next door neighbor is the one that we'll do more hanging out with, um, but it's really limited. Hmm. I'm, I'm How's that going on your end? <laughs> I'm struggling because it's look. I'm pretty private in general, so I'm trying to be you know I'm. I'm trying to be a little more understanding of like, all right, he's a kid, you know, so he, yeah, he went out on his bike, met, there's a, some younger kids that live a couple doors down, you know, made some initial friends with them and, um, you know, nice enough, nice kids. Um, but then it's like the other day they, they, I'm just trying to figure out like, how do I set the boundaries of this is all new with like, kids knocking on the door you know can such and such come and play like mm. like the other day so my son you know he played with them the other day they went out and did their thing and whatever and he came back and they came back the next day my son was doing his homework they knock on the door i come over i'm like yeah he's doing his homework you know um i said well we'll wait outside i said well it's gonna be a little while so you go wait at your house and he'll come, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll come if, if he's available to, to, to do it. Right. And then you no loitering sign outside your house. <laughs> done. And then, and, but they were still hanging out. Right. And then, so probably about 10 minutes later, they ring the doorbell again. 
can he come out and play? is he done yet? Can he come out and play? Wow. Like, no, he's still, he's got, he's, you know, <laughs> he's got stuff to do. He'll come over to your house. Uh, and if he's able to, to, to hang out, right. Within the span of maybe 40 minutes, this happened six times. Oh, oh wow. Shit. Yeah, that's too much. So <laughs> I'm just like, did you walk over to the house and be like, yo, excuse me, can you tell your, your kid to chill? I didn't say anything that I'm trying to, I mean, I, you, you I, I, I talked to my wife, you know, I told her, she's like, oh, that's cute that they want to, and I'm like, cute. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting annoyed. Like, I guess, cool. I'm glad that they like him and everyone's nice and all that stuff, but I'm just like, okay, but you know, if you're going to, when we say I'll send him over, if he's going to, right. That was just bugged out to me. And, and, and so for, so I'm conflicted. Cause I'm just like, man, like we're new around here, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to be low key and chill about it, but at the same time, like, you have to set up boundaries in terms of like don't ring the bell six times you know <laughs> if he's gonna be able to play he'll he'll come in I, I think you in that case yes i think you gotta like set set some sort of tone but it's really challenging because you don't want to come off like the ogre on the block right. and they're younger kids they're younger than than he is oh so yeah and, and they're probably used to kids and families they've known forever that they feel more comfortable with yeah, right. And then yeah, and then if you become like the the, the old guy, dad, <laughs> yeah. they just they're not gonna mess with your son. They're gonna be like, "Yo, forget that kid. That kid's dad is." Or you feel sorry for your son. Oh man, right. he's got rough over there. Also, <laughs> how's his transition been? Like, is he? Kind of, I know it's like up and down, but some more up. Any like, is he in sports yet? Not yet, because they don't. Um, because they don't. Like in fifth grade, he can't for under fifth grade, they don't you can't get on the teams and stuff like that. So right. we just enrolled him in a like a and then uh they have like some separate basketball leagues for kids in the wintertime. So we just enrolled him in that outside of school. Um but it's just different. Like the stuff that he is into and kind of excelled at. They don't have there. It's not really the kids aren't in, you know, at least these kids that were around, it's like they're not really interested in it. They don't, it's not something that they know about, you know, like skating and all that. Yeah. They're just, they're not. So, yeah. Do, you, do I'm, you, I'm even having a hard time. Like when I'm going around with, you know, for these play dates and stuff like that, I'm like, ah, man, like, <laughs> what are we going to do for? Are, just, you feel, are you feeling like guilty that you took them away from? Like, like you've changed his future almost in a way. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say guilty, but I do feel, I do feel for him in the sense of like, you know, the kids just culturally it's, we're in a different, culturally it's different. Right. And, and so he's a nice way to put it. He's trying to, he's trying to figure it out for sure. And I'm trying, we're trying to figure it out with him and kind of look, looking around like, all right, well, how do we maneuver him into stuff that is more his speed? Are you guys ever feeling like outcast around some of these people? Do they look at you like, oh, these like 
big city weirdos? Nah, I don't think. I mean, maybe they do. I don't. I don't know. Sounds like you live in a like a rural farm area, the way I described. Nah, <laughs> no, it's just different. Different Howdy, coast, partner. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we're just trying to trying to figure it out. Hey, look, basketball is a very unifying sport, so I have I have hope that that will be a, a jumping off point for him to like. You know, find his way. Yeah, I think it will be. We'll see. I heard Batman's pretty good. <laughs> Pickleball. Yo, that's hot right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> um, really quick before we get out of here, we really had quick, a really quick, really quick. We had a recent episode that we filmed this week. Uh, I think Manny will probably like this, and and you're wearing the hat though, okay? With Derek, Derek Jeter? Jeter. Yeah, son. Yeah, and uh, he he. Do you know how old he is? I didn't ask him his age, but do you know more or less his age? I, I think he's mid pushing 50. I think he's probably like 47. Probably around your your guy's age. So he has three young kids. I didn't know he had any kids. Well, actually, yes. I, I knew about one little one. He has three right now. They're I think five and under. Oh wow. Yeah. When did he say he wanted to come on fatherhoods? Never. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We'll talk <laughs> to him about it later. Um I think him and Kanye are coming on together. Yeah, should, together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. with puff right um and kevin hart he did say something kind of cool well i asked him a question like you know whatever a fatherhood type question which is did he purposely wait till after his baseball career to have kids because they're all young and he said that he didn't do it purposely but he did know that his he was living in a selfish way for his career you know at the time so I feel like he kind of answered it, but he kind of, you know, he gave a different, you know, reasons, you know, his family, whatever, his wife. But uh, he also said something that I thought was that was good for me. And I was like, you see, Nori, like I'm trying to tell Nori, like you see, because Nori likes to give me shit about that. I don't do things because right. and I use my kids as an, as an excuse. Right. Which is not an excuse. It's life. It's facts. Um, He said something about like he was saying something to Nori to the effect of uh because we did the episode we filmed with him at a restaurant and we started at noon <clears throat> so he's like yeah you know when you got three young kids like me all my all my uh you know my outings are around noon mm. and and then uh you know i looked at him he's like you see and then no he's like oh man you shouldn't have said it around this guy you know like, <laughs> I'm, and i'm like you like you know like it's it's yeah. easy for people who don't have young kids to forget that that's you know or if, you know when Nori had his young, his kids were young. He was, he was a platinum artist touring a lot. But it's easy for a lot of people to forget that, and and I felt you know comforted him saying that. Oh, vindicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dope. I'm looking forward to that one. That should be a good one. Um, all right, gang. All right, gang, right. gang, gang, gang. Peace. Catch y'all next week. Peace out. Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child.